Welcome to the Iowa Nature Notes podcast, your link to the outdoors, brought to you by Iowa County Conservation and Lake Iowa Nature Center. I'm Chris, the Executive Director. And I'm Mary, the Naturalist. And I'm Celia, the Ranger Naturalist. Uh, and today, uh, we're actually not going to talk about work. We're going to talk about vacation because Mary just recently came back from a vacation that is work adjacent at least and why don't you tell us where you went Mary sure um so towards the end of January into February I went down to the beautiful mountains of south central Mexico um the purpose of my trip was not only to um, get down there and, and just see see the landscape, but really what I was going down for was to um, see and visit all of the monarch butterfly sanctuaries, something that I had been wanting to do for about 10 years. So. Um, so you'd never been there before? I had never been there before, no. What, is it like any landscape in the United States? Is it similar to... Um, I would say it's, you know, similar to any, any other mountainous part. So, you know, either the Rockies or the, or the Appalachian Mountains. So it's a conifer dominated forest. Yes. So pine trees. And, yep. Primarily okay. conifers on those mountains. The pictures I've seen would make, it hasn't been like landscape scale, but it reminds me of like the Black Hills a bit, but is it more mountainous than the Black Hills? Yes. Okay. It is. So more like, maybe like Western Wyoming or something like that? I would say, okay. yeah. It's beautiful. How, what's the process like to go? Do you, do you have to get a battery of shots? Is it? Um, nope. I, okay. didn't, I didn't have to do anything like that. Um, it was my first time traveling outside the United States. So of course I had to get my passport. Um, which was a pretty easy process um, to do. Took about three weeks for it, um, it to come back to me. Um, and other than that, um, other than you know booking my flight and you know my my accommodations and doing a little bit of prep work like that, um, I didn't have to really do much of anything else. Um, I kind of. Studied up on my Spanish a little bit because I wanted to be able to communicate as much as I could um, because there are some people that, you know, are bilingual in the place that I went, but a lot of them just speak Spanish, so I wanted to be able to communicate with everyone down there. What was your level of Spanish prior to prepping? Um, pretty, pretty low. I, I had taken Spanish in high school, which has been a few years ago. Um, and so there are some things that you remember, but some things that, um, just general communication, asking where things are, if you're needing something or, um, you know, purchasing something. So I didn't study as hard as maybe I should have, but I, you know, we, the person I was traveling with and sh we kind of had about the same level of Spanish. So we, we got through. Okay. We had a little book too if we got stuck. <laughs> like a phrase book? Yeah. So you went down to see the monarchs? Yes. Did you see birds that you'd never seen before while you were there? 
Um, you know, I didn't really see too many birds um, while I was there at the village. Though, that is something that the same bed and breakfast where I stayed at is starting to try to build up too. So their main focus is monarch butterfly, the ecotourism for that. Um, but they're gonna try to start to attract birders too, as well, because um, they're in a part of Mexico where there are a lot of migrants, you know, seasonal migrants that come down and spend the winter just like the monarch butterflies do, and then come back up north for the for the spring and summer and fall. Hmm. So. so how warm was it when you were there? Huh. Well, at night, it got down in the upper 50s. So there was a bit of a chill in the air, you know, but nothing like if you wore a, a fleece or a sweater, you were fine. During the day, it was in the 70s and sunny and beautiful. So. Well, I know you know this, <laughs> but I want to just drive this home. When it was 50 down there at night, it was 20 below up here in the daytime. <laughs> I, I remember. I was I was thinking about all of you very fondly when I was down there in Mexico enjoying <laughs> the weather. What was there anything that surprised you about the trip? Um I don't know about surprised, but just the the culture down there where I went was just a, where I stayed was a very small village, about 300 people, um, and very remote um, in the valley of, surrounded by these beautiful mountains. And the culture and just the people, the lives of the people, they, they live very, very simple lives. They don't have, you know, very much, but they are incredibly kind and welcoming. And they, I think they really like to have people come and, and visit and and show them the monarchs and teach them about the monarchs um so that was that was nice um and then just just being there in the mountains um just surrounded by monarchs thousands and thousands and thousands of monarchs at a time was probably one of the best experiences of my life <laughs> thus far so um so when there's that many monarchs, their their presence is audible. Like you can, yes. there's so many wings flapping. Yes. That you can. Do they fly around much, or the, I've seen pictures where they're just clumped together in huge clumps, and that is that what they're mainly doing is just. Um, they do or, both. It really depends on um, where you are in the mountain, and then um, um, the the temperature and the time of day. So, we would go up um, mid morning. Um, so there was still probably a little bit of a chill in the air, and then the higher you go up in the mountains, the, the a little bit more chilly it gets. But it was also very sunny and breezy, and so the warmer it gets during the day, they start to um, not roost in those big clumps in the trees anymore, and they start to move around. Um, and that's where we were seeing they were just on the on the paths that we were riding our horses up the mountain. They were just streaming down. Um, and some of them even make it all the way down to the village where there's lots of flowers and so then they can feed. That typically isn't what they do um, because they try to conserve their energy to last all winter long um, down there. But um, some of them do do that. It just depends on the, the temperature and the sun that they're getting and everything. Um, and where we went, 
um, the Monarch Sanctuary I went to was Sierra Pallone. Um, it is one of the least touristy um, of the sanctuary, or it is the least touristy, so not a lot of people go there. It isn't um, built up and surrounded by um, um, a lot of people or, or um, you know, structures and things except for that village that was there. But this year, normally they only have one sanctuary that's in one part of the forest or on the mountain. This year they had two. So in different parts, um, different like growth forests. So one sanctuary we went to one day was in um, kind of very young growth forest um, of coniferous trees. So I would say the trees at most were probably 30, 30, 40 feet tall. Um, they didn't have a whole ton of cover. And so there we were really close to the butterflies, you know, the clumps of butterflies roosting. Um, and then they were moving around in the open areas where there was sunlight. Another day that I went up was to another part of the mountain, which was very, very old growth forest. So, you know, some of these trees were upwards of a hundred feet tall. And so those monarchs were further away from us. Um, they were up high. They were clumping in some areas, um, and but they were just kind of fluttering around a little bit. There wasn't as much sunlight there, so there wasn't as much movement and activity at that place. But two, you know, same mountain, different sides and areas of the mountain, but you know, different activity levels and and um, in those two different kinds of forests. So. Mm -hmm. You mentioned once to me about how it ties in with their culture when the butterflies return. Yeah. And is that related to like their ancestors or how did that tie in? It is. So when the monarch butterflies return, which is right at the end of um, October, beginning of November, um, for them in Mexico, they celebrate something called Day of the Dead. Um, um, and so that the monarchs returning Every monarch is supposed to represent the spirit or the soul of an ancestor that has passed away. So when they come back, it's like those those spirits of their ancestors returning to them. Um, and I, of course, haven't been down there for their celebrations, but I've seen pictures. Um, they have, you know, big, big celebrations and dance and food, and they have tons and tons and tons of flowers mostly orange because that's kind of the color the same color as the monarch butterflies um and then they they go to the the cemetery and they put flowers all over and they have celebrations and, and food and they just um kind of celebrate those monarchs returning um like the their ancestors <laughs> returning so it's really it's interesting it would be i think really neat to be down there at that time of year yeah yeah to see that did you have a horse-related question? Uh, well, probably. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know what question I would ask, though, just that it was awesome that you got to ride a horse mm. there. Yeah, it was actually my first time riding a horse for real. I mean, I when I was younger, I would, I think I had ridden a pony, but it was in one of those circle things where you really <laughs> didn't go anywhere. Um, so this was my first time riding a horse and it was up a gigantic mountain <laughs> and then down a gigantic mountain and then up and down again. Um, so it was an experience. It, I was a little bit nervous, but 
I had a lot of fun. It takes to get from the village up to the sanctuaries. It takes an hour more or more. And these horses are like huffing it up the mountain, carrying you up there. Um, and so there are people around the village that own these horses. Um, and one really great thing that they do there at that village is they have this co-op where people every day, different people bring their horses to the, to the stables um, because there are tours this time of year every single day. And then, um, <clears throat> so everyone gets a chance to make a little money um, off of these tours um, and support their families. It, you know, kind of rotates. So diff different horses, different days. But they, the owner, owners actually guide the horses up there. So you're, you're sitting here riding this horse up the mountain, and they're guiding their horse. They're hiking up the mountain as their horse is. And so um, I think that is just amazing to, to be able to do that, you know, every day or every few days, however often they, they take their horses up there is, is just amazing. Um, and... I know I wouldn't be able to do it. I, I probably wouldn't have gotten up the mountain um, without the without the horse. It's really steep at some points and rocky and um, and a really great experience. So, what was your favorite food? Uh, well, um, there are of course a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables there. Um, Tortillas and beans with everything, so I had lots of that. Um, and at this village, they actually had a, a spring-fed trout hatchery, so the the most fresh trout I've ever had. That was really really good. Um, and then they of course made really good guacamole um, because they have avocado trees growing in their yards, and it's so super fresh and, and yummy. Um, so I would say the trout was really good. Um, and there was a special recipe and seasonings that I don't really know what they were, but it's yummy. And the guacamole was good. And then along with a lot of those things, um, instead of using peppers, well, they do have certain kinds of peppers and chilies, lots they use, but like our, uh, the equivalent to like green peppers that we use here, they use cactus or cacti. And that was really, really good. I, I like that too. So... So, what do the local inhabitants do in the monarch off-season? Agriculture or forestry? They do, um, they do um, a lot of that, uh, a, lot, a few different things. Um, so, some of them, um, as actually a part of this bed breakfast, there is the monarch off-season, so they don't have people every day. But some people do go down there, like, like to bird a little bit. Or they also have an artisan's retreat that they kind of attract people with. Um, and it's just a beautiful area. And it's it's lovely most of the year. It stays pretty, pretty you know, same weather conditions for most of the year. Um, you know, it's wintertime for them down there right now. And it's pretty nice. Um, but uh, agriculture is a big one. And um, some, unfortunately, um, in these preserves... Are not, they're not supposed to be logged, um, but unfortunately, when a family needs something, they need money to, to feed their family and, and, and pay pay the bills. That happens, so they will go and um, cut down some trees and and try to make some money from them. So, 
Um, but a really good thing that this, this bed breakfast in this program is doing is that it is providing employment for those families, not only through you know the, the trail guides with the horses, but also they employ a few rangers to patrol the forest to try to prevent that illegal logging. Um, so it's really providing income and, um, and stability to a lot of families. So the, that illegal logging has gone down since they've started to do that. Hmm. So, yeah. Do you have any other questions? What was your coolest favorite butterfly moment? Um, <clears throat> so there was, um, one of the days we went up there and there was this, um, it was a really warm, sunny afternoon. There was this big kind of open area and it's an area where like two of the trails kind of met. And so these butterflies were streaming down and just kind of circulating in this area. And so I took videos and pictures of course, but what I did to get some good ones is I laid down on the ground and I was just looking up and, and taking pictures and different things. Um, and I um, was just kind of amazed and on. I just laid there and watched and, and listened because you could hear them as well. Um, and it was, that was probably my favorite, favorite moment. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Any other questions for me? I didn't have any others. It sounded like a really awesome trip. It was, it was, it was probably the, like I said, the best, um, the best and kind of most spiritual experience of my life thus far. Um, just being surrounded by, by this tiny little, tiny little insect that is fragile and you know migrates all the way from even north of us here in Iowa down to south central Mexico you know it's thousands of miles it takes them like two months to get down there um, and it's just amazing to me it's amazing to think about you know that how hard it is for them to do that one really good thing um, so I you know I said I had been waiting like 10 years to to go down there and to visit um, this year, I don't know if you follow monarch butterflies or their populations or numbers, but this year their, um, their numbers are way up, um, compared to previous years. Um, they kind of measure them by number of monarchs per hectare, which is kind of a, uh, measurement of land. And it's at something like 6.5 or something like that. And in previous years it has been a lot lower. So there's um that's really good news and they don't exactly know why yet the numbers are higher than they have been in previous years um you know people talk about the weather in the fall was good for them maybe they had you know um, nice weather to travel down maybe they had good habitat um, and stopping spots where they could feed along the way um it's it's hard to tell you know this early and thus far but I know that's something that they're going to be, they're going to be studying. So, yeah. I know you have to go here, but real quick, what are some things that even like some of our listeners might live in town and they just have, 
their yard. Sure. You know, what can you do to help monarchs in particular and pollinators in general? Sure. Um, several very simple things. So for monarchs specifically, um, you can plant milkweed. Milkweed is the host plant for monarch butterflies. So it's what the adult butterflies will lay the eggs on. Those eggs will hatch and then the caterpillars will eat the milkweed plant. Um, there are several different types of milkweed plants. So it doesn't really matter what you, what type of milkweed plant you plant as long as you do that, because without that milkweed, there there's no food for the caterpillars and without that then they wouldn't grow into butterflies um, another thing that you could do for pollinators in general that would also benefit monarch butterflies is plant nectar plants so high producing natives are the best here in iowa or wherever your your located native plants to your specific area are the best anything that has um, nectar in it is good also providing um, a water source for them, whether that be a bird bath or a pollinator specific, um, you know, water source, having a little pond or a stream or, or something like that. Um, and then also providing cover for them. So when they are migrating um, or overwintering, if it's just a, a specific type of pollinator, um, they can get that food source before they do but um, with the nectar plants, but also have a place to overwinter. And that can be something like a butterfly house. It can be a brush pile um, or another structure pollinator, um, like a, a mason bee house or something like that for pollinators in general. So all really simple and expensive things you can do to help them. And one thing, uh, if you're not, if you don't have a super green thumb and taking care of flowers mm -hmm. is hard, planting a single tree, the right kind, can provide tons of nectar. Bashwood trees are really good. Mm -hmm. um, black locusts are pretty good. Catalpas are, are really good, and you get a lot of bang for your buck. If you don't have a big yard and you can't plant a ton of flowers, one tree can feed a lot of different pollinators. Mm -hmm. And we have some basswoods around here that get pretty loaded with a wide variety of butterflies and over at my place i've got a catalpa and i get a lot of different butterflies and a lot of different bees coming to it not just honeybees but native bees as well so mm -hmm. it doesn't take a huge chunk of ground to make a difference that's true if, if every if everyone you know every one person did just a, a little something it would benefit pollinators and monarchs um so much in general yep. I little step forward is still progress yep yep agree all right anything else oh there's lots more i can go on and ramble about we probably. might need to do an episode two okay <laughs> that's fine with me and because make some bullet points and talk about yep. specific things and if you have questions for any of us on this topic or other topics uh, give us a shout. You can either comment here um, or you can uh, send us an email at iowacountyconservation at gmail.com. We all have access to that email. Um, make sure you go and check out our website, iowacountyconservation.org.